0: Wow, big news about quarterbacks, and it seems to not end in the NFL. Lamar Jackson with the franchise tag. Who else was franchise tag amongst NFL players? Aaron Rodgers meets with the New York Jets. Daniel Jones, Geno Smith cashing in. (laughs) All of it on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, there is so much to get to today, uh, are the, the Seahawks and the... New York Giants crazy for how much money they doled out to guys who've had one good year starting <laughs> in the NFL and Lamar Jackson gets tagged other franchise tags. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he potentially a New York jet? So we've got to start though with Lamar Jackson and what's happening here. And there's like talk of collusion. There is uh, what does it mean with a non-exclusive tag instead of the ex- exclusive franchise tag for Lamar Jackson? So let's start there. Focused in Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. And I've said all along, and I continue to feel this way, Matt, about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, that if they went non-exclusive franchise tag, which for those who don't know, non-exclusive is the lower franchise tag number. It's about $32 million is what they would pay him on a one-year deal. I don't expect him to play under the franchise tag this year, although it is certainly possible. Uh, I thought that if they gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, that that was more likely Lamar Jackson's coming back to the Baltimore Ravens because they were going to be willing to match any offer because if a team signs Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet and the Baltimore Ravens don't match, they get two first-round picks back. But I think Baltimore would want more than two first-round picks Mm -hmm. for Lamar Jackson. So to me, that tells me that he's – they're kind of calling each other's bluff here. Where it's like, okay, Lamar, go find that deal. He's going to find a deal somewhere. And they'll say, ah, that was more guarantees than we thought, but we're still going to match it.
1: I tend to agree. So there are there's a game of chicken here being played a little bit, is often the case in negotiations. And this is such an odd one. I mean, we talked about it earlier, that I think if Deshaun Watson's deal never happened, that Lamar's probably got a long-term deal. You know, And I, I see both sides of the equation, why you would come to the table and say, hey, the starting point is the Watson deal. Or... Ravens saying, "Well, that deal's crazy." I'm not talking about. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to pretend that deal doesn't matter or isn't doesn't exist. So, I think, as you mentioned, the compensation is very, very important. In that, if I'm the Ravens, I'm not comfortable getting two seconds or two firsts for Lamar. It's just not enough. I mean, it's better than nothing, of course, but I am comfortable with someone else negotiating a deal for me, and I just say match. You know, and because I, I, we couldn't get it done. You can get it done with somebody else. I'll just match and we'll go from there. And I guess you could sign and trade from that point too.
0: Yes. And the other part of it is that the the confidence that the Ravens have that, and this is where the collusion part comes in, the the confidence the Ravens have that he's not going to get an insane amount of, of guarantees, mm-hmm. right? Because like to me, the two outcomes are he gets $300 million guaranteed from some really desperate team that needs a quarterback or he's a Raven. That Those are the two outcomes right. for me. But is that team out there that's not the Cleveland Browns to do that this offseason? And it sounds like the Ravens are pretty confident that team's not out there. And immediately following the franchise tag, there were reports that every quarterback needy team that you thought might be interested says, nope, we're not interested. And they all did it right away. The Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders. They're all like, nope, we're not pursuing any deal for Lamar Jackson immediately. And so everyone says, that doesn't smell right. That sounds like a little collusion-y to me. And I don't blame people for thinking that way. But maybe that's just knowing the room and knowing that there was one desperate franchise that was willing to do something with a contract that nobody else is willing to do.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I like the collusion act. Well, I didn't like it, but I mean, I thought that that was... A good way of looking at it is maybe we're all just going to join together as owners, and they've done it in the past. Obviously, I mean right. it, that we're just not biting on this. We're not going for fully guaranteed contracts. We don't approve of it. There was one rogue owner, the Browns, that did something the other th- other thirty one do not approve of. But I also thought, you know, since that's kind of sunk in and I've digested it a little bit, I wonder if it's so easy as if I'm the Falcons front office or any of those teams you mentioned or the Colts or whoever. That that we wasn't brought up. Is it that transparent that Baltimore? We don't want to do your bidding for you. You're just going to match it anyways. Why would we waste our time? You know, I think there's
0: a big part of that too. Yeah, is just know what what they're doing. They're like, no, because that that's why the exclusive tag to me was more likely for Lamar to get traded because then yes nobody can sign him to an offer sheet, but the Ravens can still allow him to go seek his own trade. And then that would have been the, the, the Ravens saying, look, uh, you know, you can come play on this one year, $40 million contract, but we don't really want that e- either. Basically, mm-hmm we're willing to let you go look for trades. And then they got to come talk to us about the compensation. We're asking for three first round picks instead of two first round picks, uh, especially if they're late first round picks. And then, you know, then the Ravens are still in control of the trade market because here I can't really see much of a, uh, unless it, you know, unless the team goes crazy and, and that's the Ravens would not put themselves in a position to lose Lamar for two first round picks.
1: I don't think so either.
0: And, the only team uh, and the Raiders reported to be one of those teams as well that was not pers- pursuing a deal for Lamar Jackson. But then there was a report that said that the Raiders were not ruling out anything as it pertains to quarterbacks. But there's another angle to this with guaranteed contracts is the Raiders are the least likely team to pull something like this off because one of the things that has to happen with guaranteed contracts is you have to put all of that money into escrow immediately. So not only do you have to pay, you know, a $50 million signing wow, yeah. bonus, you have to put the other 200 million dollars immediately in escrow the raiders are the last team in the league that has a quarter of a billion dollars sitting around in liquid just lock just it up yeah. for a, for a player so that's another t- hard thing and that's another difficulty why teams don't want to operate with so many huge hundreds of millions of dollars in guarantees for players because they have to come up with the money in liquid cash immediately to put in an escrow account for those guaranteed contracts.
1: It's not just Monopoly money and all of us is talking. You know, I mean, an owner has to say, well, I got a quarter of a billion laying around. You know I mean? I'm sure the rate, I hadn't thought of that angle. That's great. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the family-owned businesses, like with all respect to the Rooney's here, do they have a quarter of a billion laying around? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, not everyone is Walmart or whatever. Yeah, is know, that so- like
0: you or I, like, ah, you know, I don't want to spend a couple thousand, but I, I've got some money in the bank and i could throw down no. a couple thousand dollars is that what it's like for 200 million for some of these owners i, I think for some more so than others like when you're a walmart heir or like jeff bezos who's and that's sort of where the the and the money's getting crazy in the nfl that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about in the modern day nfl is if you're trying to buy an nfl franchise you got to be one of the five richest people on the planet basically to pull that yeah. off and people are talking about jeff bezos maybe buying the the washington commanders and the, that's what kind of uh That's what kind of money we're talking about now. The NFL, it's getting wild. But some of these old school owners and just family owned teams that have owned the teams forever, like the Davises in in uh, in Las Vegas, you know, their their business is the Raiders. They they aren't right, right. You know, they've got other things going on, but yeah they're doing just
1: fine but they don't have a quarter of a billion just to lay around
0: yeah and it it always feels like monopoly money we always talk about it on on the podcast and it just you know it doesn't make much sense but a quarter of a billion dollars even for really rich people, is a lot of money to have uh in liquid cash ready to go to to just throw in an account and sit there for a couple years
1: you used a a slight example there and to me it'd be like me or you walking in a subaru or volkswagen dealership and just saying I'm going to buy that. And here's a check, you know, as opposed to, well, I wouldn't mind paying for it over a couple of years, you know what I mean? Like yeah, everybody else in the world, right?
0: is staying a little bit.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. The salary cap's going up, you know, I mean, I'm going to have a little more money, you know, yeah,
0: and maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe the hundreds of dollars I'm paying every month feels a little better in four years than it does right now too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to just, I'm just going to buy this thing in cash in my pocket, you know?
0: So next I want to talk about potential landing spots for lamar jackson if there is something that happens okay. here, and there are still some opportunities for maneuverability that's it's the most maneuverable franchise tag with this um what teams might make sense for lamar jackson the other franchise tags we gotta talk aaron Rodgers potentially with the jets now and daniel jones geno smith contracts next today's episode brought to you by fan duel NFL season is over, but the NBA season is coming to a head, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. I love how easy it is to build your parlays and, and do everything and maneuver the app or the website. You can bet on everything, money line, point scorers, uh, three-pointers drained. Of course, the NCAA tournament is coming. It was always, always one of the most fun things to bet on. I love the draft props, so you can still bet on the NFL, Super Bowl futures, um, if future MVPs, and a ton of draft props growing in number at FanDuel. And, of course, those same-game parlays if you want a chance for a bigger payout. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if you don't win your first bet go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba who is the team if he's not a baltimore raven matt i tell you right now you got to look look into your crystal ball i tell you lamar jackson is not on the baltimore ravens next year what team is he on
1: I'm going with Washington, but I'm going to steal that from Matthew Barry. You know, Matthew and I were at ESPN together. I saw him at the Combine. And for the site, was for formerly Roto World, NBC Sports or whatever it is now, he wrote a column yesterday, the 30-some things I learned at the Combine. And he led it off with Washington. And he's a admitted Commander's fan for life, Matthew is. And basically the first bullet point he wrote about was, who's going to be the owner of the commanders? You know, is he really selling? Is he really not? But the second bullet point was don't be surprised if Daniel Snyder kind of gives the league the finger and just says, we'll give you a, a guarantee contract on my way out might help his legacy with the commander fans. You know, they like oh. finally got a guy and boom, I'm out, you know, mic drop.
0: Right. And that's a, a better, uh, you know, it's like acquiring smaller tech companies, to make your portfolio look better for you to sell the bigger umbrella company.
1: That too, right, right, so right, right, right. The,
0: the commanders with a superstar quarterback in Lamar Jackson and all this news publicity makes it more valuable for him to check out, and he doesn't have to pay those guarantees in five years for whatever that new owner is. So that's actually an interesting angle I haven't thought of. Um, yeah, makes it a lot more possible. And of course, Lamar wants needs to have to go needs to want to go to whatever organization that is. Um, I think there is still an opportunity for some maneuverability with trade. So there's some t- some teams that you can't sign an offer sheet right away because you don't have a first round pick this year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Miami Dolphins or, you know, the, the, I've ta- I covered the 49ers. So I've talked a lot about this with the 49ers. It's very unlikely, but possible because you can still negotiate a trade with the Ravens. You right. you don't you, you can you can say hey we're gonna sign him to an offer sheet. Are you willing to move on from him? We're gonna sign him to this deal. Here's the deal. We can't sign the offer sheet, but let's figure out what the, what the compensation would be. Then you trade and sign, and so uh, that can still be changed. And the Ravens can also do a thing where a team will call him up and be like, look, Baltimore you're just going to match whatever we sign them to. Right. And they're like, well, look, you throw another first round pick, then we'll get our three first round picks back. And then we won't match mm-hmm. this offer. So there is some maneuverability with this and it could still turn out that he gets traded. I think it's overwhelmingly more likely that they match any offer. And they're pretty sure that not, there's no other teams out there besides the Cleveland Browns that are willing to actually do as much guaranteed, but, all it takes is one, Matt, and you've yeah. seen what it looks like with desperation. It's funny because when you have that quarterback, you're like, oh, man, I don't want to go this far. But when you don't have that quarterback for so long, there might be some franchises that are like, you know what? It's worth it to us because we haven't been able to get this quarterback for 30 stinking years. <laughs> yeah. Let's go do it. And he's 25, 26 years old. He's going he's gonna to see the end of the contract anyway. So maybe the guarantee yeah, yeah. doesn't matter all that much.
1: So I almost said the Panthers, just because I think they're super impulsive, kind of a new owner. I'll go get what I want. I'm unbelievably wealthy. And you know, that would be the the franchise face. But but thinking more about Washington, why wouldn't you, if you're Washington, say, Hey Lamar, here's the contract we're gonna offer you. It's the Sean Watson's verbatim. Boom. He he probably says I'll
0: plus take that. one dollar
1: plus 1 dollar yeah, yeah you know right the, the price is right move with 1 dollar you know and, and okay you're plus 1% or whatever okay you're you're the highest paid and it's fully guaranteed he probably goes i'll sign that baltimore might say we already had this talk lamar i can't match that because otherwise we would have had a deal done by now and where would that leave the ravens you'd get the 16th pick which is pretty stinky, you know, compared to it's not 10 pick. Worst
0: scenario possible is a team in the second half of the first round signs Lamar to an offer sheet that is so out of whack from what the Ravens want to do that they can't match it.
1: Yeah. So they end up with 16. scenario for the
0: Ravens. Two first and, rounders in their late first round.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Sixteen and probably a playoff team pick next year. So you get sixteen this year and twenty-four next year for Lamar. uh and then now I gotta go find a quarterback. And, and he sells the team, and everyone's like, boy, I hated that owner, but because Lamar. <laughs> yeah. Does <the,
0: laughs> Daniel Snyder given a finger to the league with the contract that nobody else in the league wants to? Because right. there's been some owners that are against Daniel Snyder, too. and Oh, so they
1: all dislike I, him, right. Wow, so then what's Burrow what's Burrow and Herbert and Hertz ask for? That's well really, now two teams have them. Oh, I want a and four then team. now
0: yeah. every contract is guaranteed. Now absolutely. Uh, now right. Nick Bosa's saying, Well, I'm the best defensive player in the league. I'm gonna get right. the biggest non-quarterback right. contract. I want guarantees too. And Justin Jefferson's coming up and yeah, right, right, right. And it's the new age NFL, all because one team dipped their and toe Daniel, in that.
1: And Daniel Snyder chuckles and gets you know a bunch of billion for and his Washington team and millions of
0: dollars and hangs out in tropical islands for the rest of his life
1: <laughs> right like he wouldn't anyways but yeah, I'm well, yeah, sure. yeah right right but i don't think that's the craziest fiction book we ever wrote
0: oh it's gonna be fun uh it is going to be fun the other franchise tags that were thrown out there was a a last minute contract for daniel jones we'll get to in a second so that gave the new york giants the the opportunity to use the franchise tag on running back saquon barkley the running back number for franchise tags is 10.091 million dollars both New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley and Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs get the franchise tag along with Tony Pollard. So Mm -hmm. three running backs getting the franchise tag from New York, Las Vegas, and Dallas, respectively. We already knew about the Evan Ingram franchise tag, $11.3 million for him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, $32.4 million on the franchise tag. And then defensive tackle Deron Payne. Didn't really see this one coming. It wasn't widely reported that Washington has slapped the defensive tackle franchise tag number on Deron Payne, which is just under $19 million. Do you have any big thoughts on any of the other franchise tags, Matt?
1: Well, the running backs are no brainers to me. And as usual, running backs get screwed in the in the market because it's so easy to say $10 million for a position that doesn't last long. I'm going to run this Ryan into the ground and then let you go. I mean, so maybe you never get the big payday if you're Pollard or Jacobs or Barkley or whatever, and so be it. That's just the don't, – don't let your kids grow up to be running backs. You know? the,
0: the only one that it's a g- good deal for is Pollard because he's coming off the injury anyway. So yeah. yeah, he probably yeah. wouldn't get that big long-term deal. If he can come back healthy, then maybe he's in a better position next year. Uh, and then the the it would be less likely it's still possible for – the Cowboys would th- slap the second franchise tag, but the number goes up. And mm-hmm. so uh, probably an okay deal for Pollard, but I'm sure Jacobs and Barkley would have much, much rather been on the
1: free agent market. No question about it. Um, tight end similar in that it's really, really cheap. Is Engram one of the best five tight ends on the planet? No, but they gave him $10 million this year. This year it's 11, So it's like, well, you were easily a million dollars more better than you were a year ago in terms of your value on the open market. So he got screwed a little bit too, but good deal for the Jags. My only thing is, we just had this long spiel about Washington signing Lamar. Does franchising pain get in the way of that? I mean, that d line's crazy expensive. I don't know their finances well enough, you know?
0: Yeah, it, to me, it's just like, well, we we, we aren't going to be able to sign you to that long-term deal, but we want you around one more time, and then i going to have to let you walk next offseason. Yeah,
1: he'll help them uh, win the East with Lamar.
0: Right, or maybe that's just them <laughs> saying, look uh, – we, we want you back and we're going to try to figure something else out. And we, we're not going to let you hit the free agent market. Maybe, maybe we'll mm-hmm. sign you and let one of the other guys walk later.
1: I like the player a lot. I think Payne's an ascending, yeah. very talented top 10 defensive tackle, not a top five guy.
0: Well, you know who doesn't like it is the Chicago Bears, because I think that's the first phone call they made in free agency is Deron yeah. Payne, especially if their plan is to maybe draft an edge guy in the first round instead of
1: Jalen Carter. Carter makes sense. I mean, Hargrave's out there, but he's a little older, you know. So, yeah, you're probably right. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, heating up. There is a meeting.
0: I, I Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, maybe Woody Johnson. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but flying to meet with Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers gave Aaron Rodgers and the Jets permission to have a little chat. Is this the perfect marriage for Rodgers to finish his career as a New York Jetman?
1: I tend to think so. I mean, he's such an oddball. Who knows? He's going to do everything at his pace or go back into a dark hole or whatever he's going to do or, you know, find some hallucinogens to figure it out. But uh, I'm sure nothing will happen quick. Man, I'm not going to say that. I mean, uh, when we hit, when we end this recording, it might be Aaron Rodgers the a Jet. I, I just think it's very logical. And one angle I think is important to the Jets. I heard Mike Lombardi talking about this. I think it was uh, uh, maybe misspoke who said it. But they have not totally given up on Wilson. But this is a perfect move for Wilson. He's still cheap. He's looked up there in Rodgers his whole life. Hey, Aaron, we want you for a year or two. And please take this young pup under your wing and at least let him follow you around like a puppy a little bit. And maybe we win the Super Bowl with you and then you hand it off to him and we're in good shape. You know what I mean? It's It's a small aspect of it. If Wilson fell off the planet, they still probably make the trade. But, you know, it's just another aspect of it.
0: I love I've loved Rodgers to the Jets. Uh, I think it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I like it for both Rodgers and I like it for the Jets. I think the Jets instantly are probably right there with the Buffalo Bills as favorites yeah. in the AFC behind the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And with with, with Rodgers, can can he commit enough that it would make sense for the Jets to make the move because it's so costly dollars wise, so Mm -hmm. costly in trade because they're going to, you know, the Packers are going to ask for a ton back uh, in, in draft picks. So let me stop
1: you there because I hadn't thought of this angle, but Mike Lombardi was saying this too, is Rogers can determine where he goes. So in kind of a Daniel Snyder like manner, he could give the Packers the finger and say, Hey, Green Bay, these are your only options. Trade me to the Jets. Or I'm going to retire and go host Jeopardy. And with there's only one team competing, right, it might be a second-round pick. You know what I mean? Or like, right.
0: or or like not- yeah, so, so he tells the Jets, like, look, I'll, I'll play for you, and I'm going to tell them that. So use that as a bargaining chip so you don't have to give up as much. Right, right. And he tells the Packers, I'm not sure yet. You can trade me the Jets. I'm cool with that. But as for retirement, maybe you just have to cut me. I don't know. I'm going to let you hang in the wind, so you better take whatever the Jets offer.
1: And green bay i will tell you i'm not playing for you i'm either playing for the jets i'm retiring or you can cut me
0: you can cut me yeah
1: and you're not going to maximize what you get back and you know trade that way so if you are the
0: jets you're definitely thinking i'm not gonna i don't want to spend two first round picks and then go through this again next year with aaron Rodgers. you gotta you gotta say hey i will play for two more years for sure then -hmm. we'll have another conversation before year three of this
1: Or even have some insurances in terms of the compensation. Right,
0: yeah.
1: We'll give you, based on how many games he plays in a Jets uniform, or does he return next year, you know, a conditional second if he comes back in 2024 or
0: whatever. The the first-round pick isn't until 2026 or 2025 because you got to make sure Mm -hmm. he comes back in 2024 again to earn the the first-round pick instead of a third-round pick in 2025 or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then at least both parties – Can get out of it a little unscathed, you know?
0: Are the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants out of their ever loving minds, Matt? With (laughs) money, they threw at Geno Smith and Daniel Jones, respectively, next. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe to the brand-new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. Tell a friend, hit the thumbs up, hit the bell. All of those things. We're coming at you every day throughout the offseason, which is going to be so much fun in 2023. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft. And remember, your team is covered as well right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to start with Daniel Jones. We teased it a little bit earlier, and it allowed the – it allowed the Giants to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Mm -hmm. Did the deadline, did the one better year for Daniel Jones, did it, did it make the Giants do something silly or were the Giants smart to lock up a quarterback at 40 million that potentially could come back and have an even better year next year and make $45 million?
1: Uh, I'm the deadline made the deal happen so they could keep both players, Barkley and Jones and, I feel different about Gino and Jones, to be honest with you. Maybe it's because of their age, maybe because Seattle has two first round picks and could still draft the guy. Um, Jones is the Giants quarterback now, you know, like it, Giants fans go buy Jones jerseys. They're safe. He's going to be your guy for a while through thick and thin, you know, uh, sickness and poor. I mean, he's your guy. I don't feel good about it though. I know you don't. I mean, you've said this you. leading off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's, here's my question. So,
0: I know the deadline of the franchise tag kind of made the deal happen. Mm-hmm. My question is, why does it matter? You still franchise tag, Saquon right. Barkley. what other team is giving Daniel Jones $40 million? And if they do good, they probably save you from yourself because I love Brian Dable and Kafka and the job they did there. Right. I would love to see them with a better quarterback and see what that could look like. So they've locked right. themselves into what I would call that, that purgatory of expensive, Middle of the road quarterback. And look, maybe Daniel's, Daniel Jones, there's evidence that he's below middle of the road. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's the Kirk Cousins conundrum that right. the Minnesota Vikings are in right now. They're like, well, we have an okay quarterback, but half the, teams play, half the teams we play still have a better quarterback, and we're paying him so much money, we can't improve the rest of our team because we're paying this quarterback so much. And I, I just, I believe in Dayball's ability to develop a quarterback, and I would have swung for the fences on a quarterback and not locked myself into daniel jones and um i I don't think he would have gotten more money somewhere else i think you could have still you could have done this deal if you're willing to do it a month or you know a week two weeks from now whatever once he talked to other teams he wasn't getting more than this
1: are are you a much better team than if you signed jacoby Brissett to a two-year 28 million dollar deal while you search for a long-term answer are
0: we positive daniel jones is better than jacoby Brissett? i'm not positive
1: of that yeah absolutely not and to your point, and I think this is also sort of the case with Seattle, who are you competing against? You know, you're competing against yourself for this player. And if he did go hit the open market and he got 40, all right, we get a comp pick back and I didn't make the mistake. I mean, like, I don't know what well, the is
0: and, and you gave him the money that he would have found on the open market anyway, but without the competition.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean you got the open market dollars.
0: So you're you're not bidding against anybody. Goes go, right. and, and probably he goes out there and finds out, well, yeah, you're right. We didn't get 40 million dollars from anybody. Is that right, they, right? I think both Daniel Jones and Geno Smith, why I don't really like either deal necessarily because of their track record, and you're paying them coming off their best season.
1: Right. You're and buying
0: high. You're buying high for sure, and you're also locking yourself into a middle of the road quarterback and less so Seattle, I think, than right, 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 the New York Giants. Um, like
1: from Seattle, I'm, I'm drafting Richardson if he's there, no doubt in my mind,
0: right? Yeah, so yeah, because it, it works out perfectly, and you still get a couple more years out of, um, mm-hmm. out of Gino, and then you know, figure it out. And, and obviously, Gino's contract is is lower dollar wise than, than right. Daniel Jones, and so the, the Giants are a little locked in a little bit more. But here's the other thing maybe the Giants saw the improvement. And I think ownership's part of it as well with the Giants. They believe in Daniel Jones. They like the person, and maybe there's more there. Who knows? Maybe it's like Josh Allen, where it's like, oh, we saw a little peak. Oh, and then there was something else there. Like mm-hmm. maybe he's an MVP candidate quarterback next year with the Giants. I don't know. Maybe and you know with like better weapons around and better receivers. But from yeah. what I saw, they won games because of the ground game, because of a huge jump in improvement in the red zone, quarterback play on third downs between the twenties. He was he was below average in a mm. starting quarterback.
1: I agree. I agree. And so I don't know if the giants as an organization, even pre day ball deserve many benefits of the doubts with these type decisions. They haven't been very, it's the same ownership. They haven't been great at them lately, but if we at least give them the benefit of the doubt, their argument could be this guy was the fourth or fifth pick in the draft, which none of us thought he should be, but he was, you know, right, yeah, does, like, So there was a pretty precon- like
0: feeding into itself a little bit.
1: Right, right, right. So, Maybe the whole league thought he was a fourth or fifth pick in the draft. We just kind of went, nah, it's not real exciting. He's from Duke. He's kind of boring, you know. Uh, and he had the worst receivers in the league. And Dayball's in love with them, and saw a huge step forward, and looks at him and says, "This is just the tip of the iceberg." Josh Allen, here we come. You know, maybe. I, I mean, it's possible. I'm not going to just dig a grave and throw him in there and say it's a terrible move. You have no chance. But right. I'm yeah. with you. It wasn't for me.
0: Well, there's clearly something that the Giants in with multiple. Um, front offices now have loved about Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. so it's something to be said for that. And yeah, there's, and we'll see what it ends up looking like for Daniel Jones. And, and who knows, maybe in two years, it looks like a bargain of a contract.
1: It might. That's one thing. I, the Gino and Jones, um, deals indicate to me that the cap is going to go up, 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 up. And whatever we think Burrow and Herbert are going to make, add 25 percent to it. You know, you know like, <laughs> uh,
0: I think a perfect example is like, oh my gosh, what was it? Uh, Half a billion dollar contract, long term that, um, that, the, the Kansas City Chiefs signed Patrick Mahomes to. Mm-hmm. This seems like an eternity ago now, and, and Patrick Mahomes might be the best, the best he's deal a, in the he's league.
1: A bargain, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Imagine what his deal is going to be next or whatever. Allen looks cheap. All these guys look cheap. So mm-hmm. the league's doing. The league is flourishing. Let's just put it that way. You know what it does, though, is it raises
0: the price so much where I think the value is drafting and developing quarterbacks so much. And it already was. But mm-hmm. even backup quarterbacks, because now backup quarterbacks are like $10 million and you hope the guy never takes a snap. You That's a starting yeah. a player is, is what a backup quarterback costs now. And so um, it's. And you know who you know who loves this the most is guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. They're like, oh, awesome. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers retires, yeah. and I got the Raiders and the Jets in a bidding war for me, and I get to throw out 37 and a 40 million dollars. Yeah, right, like, oh, right. Jimmy is gonna
1: sign for 20 million max this offseason. It's a great point because the backup thing's interesting too. So looking back, should Desmond Ritter have been a second round pick, not a third, or even a first round pick, just because he's a quality cheap backup, you know, like if you just look at it financially. So I always bring it back to the Steelers, but there's a million guys just like Mason Rudolph, but Mason Rudolph sitting the free agent market. If I'm him, he probably got a million more now than he would have a year ago or 2 million more. You know what I mean? Just because he's not terrible. And all these backups play more than the NFL wants. So why shouldn't backups ask for more?
0: And even if you are playing the comp pick game, some of these backup quarterbacks, they make so much money that, you're getting a, a, a pretty high comp pick back for a guy who's signing as a number two, number three quarterback. So, not, that, not that that's why you would draft and develop a guy, but it's just like, let's, let's keep cheap quarterbacks in house that are good. And we'll, we'll benefit in some way because we'll either have develop a good quarterback. We'll develop, develop a quarterback in trade for somebody else. We'll get a comp pick back for this player. Even if he's not great, he'll sign multi million dollar backup deal to where, we're going to get something back for it in return somehow where you might not get that at other positions.
1: Yeah. that That's a great angle. I mean, that might be the next step of this too. Like in the scouting community, when I was scouting, I mean, there's kind of a a theory out there. Like the Packers subscribed to this when they had Favre draft a quarterback every year. And they, I mean, they ended up with Brunel and Hasselbeck and you're know, like guys that were good. That just weren't Brett Favre. Well, why not do that now? You know, like the guy with a fifth round grade. Why don't I take him in the third round? Showcase him all preseason. Four years from now, he leaves, and I get a third rounder for him, and I had a good backup in the process, or I trade him. You know, first uh, uh, Kyler Murray gets hurt, Arizona comes calling. Sure, you could have him for a second. You know, they're assets, they're commodities.
0: The game of dollars in the NFL is wild, and I think this offseason with the cap going up post COVID. Uh, we're we're going to see a lot of wild stuff, and yeah. there's going to be a lot of movement. Big names, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. We've seen a couple of quarterbacks now get locked up by their teams. Of course, there's you know four first-round quarterbacks, the job, jockeying per, for position at the top of the NFL draft. Anything can happen, Matt, every single day in the NFL. And that's why we're here with you every single day. So we appreciate all of you making us your first listen. Make sure you're subscribed up, especially on the brand new Peacock and Williamson standalone YouTube channel. We're no longer on the Lockathon NFL channel, so make sure you're subscribed up there, even if you don't watch us on YouTube all that often. Uh, But yeah, come say hi. Drop a comment on YouTube as well if you're newly subscribed. And we had to push our mailbag episode a day later because of all the quarterback news here so thursday instead we're going to come back and do our weekly mailbag hit us with your questions at bd peacock at williamson nfl and we'll be back with you next time right here peacock and williamson